All right, we are live. It is episode 100. I am Michael Askins, technologist and architect, and this is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show. Uh, this is our 100th episode, and uh, you know, in the virtual studio, uh, I'm going to belay that. I'll do it for him. In the virtual studio, we have Dev. Dev, that's what he normally does. Uh, technical difficulties with the live stream on his part. He's getting himself together, but we also have... Uh, I'm going to talk to this here soon, but I keep saying returning champion, friend of the show, but we got to give a different classification to this one. Uh, Mr. Chris Seferlis, how you doing, Chris? Hey, doing great. How's it going? Doing all right. Doing well, doing well. So uh, here we are. Uh, last year, we had a, a jam packed full of people. The live stream was good. Uh, you know, it was all right, but we had we filled the, filled the crowd and we had some customers. We had some partners. We had our good friend Chris and Microsoft. And I thought this year, let's do this. Let's pair it back to those who had the most influence on the show this year and kind of talk about what we went through uh, from uh, a show perspective, technology perspective, uh, you know, the whole gambit of everything, you know, like what, what our experiences were this year, because uh, those are, they're used to hearing our voices. So I thought maybe we should just keep it a little smaller circle this time. Uh, I For did sure. have people, I, I had people, Chris, want to get on a waiting list. I was like, can I, can I come and listen? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you can, but there's a little corner in my office. It's not very big. It's not like the studio here. Like I call it my studio. It is a studio, but it's not that kind of studio. <laughs> I've got I've got plenty of space here. Send them to, to Vermont. We get a lot tougher. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Speaking of, you know, first of all, thank you so much. I know you're out uh, for the end of the year, and you still took time uh, to to jump on the show. We greatly appreciate uh, you jumping on and taking a little bit of time away from your family. So thank you so much. And if family's on the other side of that door, and I, I, they probably can't hear me, thank you, family, uh, for yeah, for yeah, that. No no, actually, the um, kids are out sledding because uh, we do have snow up here, and no, uh, and nice. and the wife is uh, heading to the pharmacy to grab a, a little bit of a uh, in, injury remedy I had today. So, we'll, oh, we'll something that. not bad, but <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. Good, too good, bad. that's good. Well, you you are an outdoorsy guy, and you do the 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 skiing and the fishing. You do a lot of outdoorsy stuff, and I think you're in a really uh, nice part of town for uh, or part part of the country for this time of the year, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, I'm up in um, uh, so I'm in Stowe, Vermont, which is um about two thirds of the way up into Vermont. Um, okay. So you know maybe maybe an hour and a half from Montreal, where I am here. Um, you know, so so pretty far north. Um, and and because of the location and and, and the uh, proximity to Lake Champlain, we get the snow effect, um, the the lake effect for for snow. And so uh, they've already gotten over five feet of snow up here. Whereas uh, down down where I, where I live in Mass, we've got you know maybe maybe six inches total, maybe. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great spot. I'm I'm looking uh, out the window at a beautiful mountain range, and the sun's uh, uh, work, working its way down over there. Yeah, so it's uh it's it's a great spot to be in. So yeah. that's awesome. We got about six inches of rain last night. So needless to say, <laughs> with my water issues, I'm not too pleased. But um, yeah, so we get lake effect snow, not quite like you do. We get it off of Lake Erie, and you know, we get we get the Canadian. We call it the Alberta Clipper. Comes in out of Alber mm -hmm. Alberta, Canada, and it drops yeah, yeah. either massive amount or it just blows right over us so uh yeah. fun fact our part of a part of the world our big our part of the country we get a lot of our big storms in in march like around like saint patrick's day blizzard in pittsburgh like we get a lot of march snowstorms yeah. but yeah. 
I see here that we do have Dev, so we're going to roll him back in, into the mix here. So I'm going to hit add him to the stream now. I, I purposely kept him off. He gave me the signal, and I was like, no, I'm not going to pop your head off yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I bring in, come off mute, and say your lows there, Dev. Yeah, te technology is always fun. I probably don't sound as great. Uh, I got I'm mobilizing the studio today. Um, uh. <laughs> I forgot a chord, or at least I thought I had a chord and I didn't. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so we know what to get you for next year's Christmas is a little <laughs> chord caddy, right? Well, yeah, the the, the 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 Yeti Blackout uses an outdated, not even a micro USB. It's the oh. I forget what the other one is called, but um, it's a B yeah. connector. <laughs> yeah, the B connector. I was just like, what? What the heck is? I, I went to plug in. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, it's all good. good. It's all Some good. You're with words where may have may have been said, but <laughs> <laughs> you're you're with us. So that's all that matters. So, um, yeah. So I wanted to get everyone together in in pregame and on our 99th, we talked about this. It was a little apologies to those who are regularly hearing us on Fridays, regularly dropping like clockwork. Uh, we this last month we got kind of weird because we wanted to time this show with our hundredth. And, uh, you know, hats off to everyone that had something to do with any episode all the way up to here. Uh, it, this usually happens on these types of shows at the end of shows and people just kind of gloss over it. So I'm going to put this in the front of the show. Uh, so bear with me for a second. Uh, everyone, I uh, want to get out some special thanks to people who helped us, you know, make this show possible. So uh, I'm going to keep looking at my notes here. Just make sure I don't forget. I'm going to forget somebody. Sorry if I do. But uh, so special thanks for those. Everyone supporting us. Uh, I First, number one, Chris, you are a difference maker on our shows. We really Thanks. do appreciate you coming. It shows in the numbers. I know we've shared some numbers with you uh, before, and it shows in our numbers when, you, uh, when you're when you on that there's a, you know, a good bit of following that you have and a lot of influence. Uh, in our top shows, uh, over half of them have some of your participation in it. So uh, we really appreciate you being part of the show and, and evangelizing on behalf of Microsoft and just evangelizing on behalf of technology, period. So we really appreciate you being here. Um, also, uh, we had last year, Ari, we had the uh, collab corner for, for a bunch of segments and, and, and year end the year before, uh, we had a bunch of aspiring people on, we'll, we'll get to aspiring here in a minute, Joe Costler, Dean, a bunch of other individuals we've had on and uh, super special. Thank you to aspiring and Mike McLean for making the show possible. So as everyone knows, has known, uh, taste labs went through uh, metamorphosis last Christmas and we merged into aspirant. Uh, we've made that pretty well known. And uh, one of the things we did was keep the show going. We have Aspirant as the sole sponsor of the show, uh, obviously with our, our partners uh, and our friends. Uh, so we super grateful for the opportunity to have Aspirant keeping this going and, and helping making it a little bit easier on us. Uh, also, uh, a giant shout out to someone who gets hardly any credit for anything that we do. And that's Missy. Uh, she's the one that, re that she herds the squirrels in my head. Uh, and that's a very hard thing to do. You can ask anyone who knows me, there's many squirrels going in many directions and somehow she gets them to line up and good productive things come out. So thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you and everything you've done for us. Um, and I also have to super shout out to three of our biggest fans. So, so one of our biggest fans back in the JG Wentworth days was, you know, Brad, we have three new of our biggest fans. That's Nathan, Zachary, and Mario. Uh, anyone who knows me, my nephews and my son, they, they are religious listeners and they are, they tell everyone and their parents about our show. 
So at least mine does. So uh, hats off there to you guys. Um, arts and graphics. Anytime you see any kind of crazy art and graphics, uh, I use art by Sophia. Nepotism there. Uh, we won't go into that. But this is the biggest one here. And I think Chris can, Chris and I, uh, when we're, when he's going to be on, we have this, this text message, uh, dance. That's a normal kind of a thing. And, and this is the gratitude we have for our families who are constantly like, we're constantly disrupting our family schedules. We're delaying activities. Or we're trying to wedge the show around activities. Uh, we're, they deal with our shooshes. I mean, my family does, I'm like, open the door, shoosh, I'm recording, uh, <laughs> w- without their understanding, this would never happen either. So, and, and I know Chris, you and I, we go because we have little ones and it takes a lot to kind of bolt that together and you are a content creator too as well and you you do a lot of videos on youtube and you know what that's like right so uh, hats off to our fans and dev uh thank you sir i I, you know you're you're co-pilot so but you get a hats off there too anybody have anything to add anything anybody i forgot or anything you want to toss out there Great. That covers it from my side. All right. Rolling on. So normally that stuff happens at the end. I just want to make sure everybody gets their due shout out shout outs now. Um, so looking back at 21, uh, it, there was a lot of changes that happened in 21 um, personally and from a business and technology perspective. Um, so let, let's kind of go around and talk about anything personally happened for you, anything new, anything happening with your dev. I know you have a, a new role that you're moving into in the day job. Uh, why don't you kick it off, Dev? What's happening with you in the in twenty twenty two? Yeah, and no, I um, yeah, like you said, from a day job perspective, moving into a, a new role as delivery manager uh, for the cloud solutions team. Um, so it's always fun, um, but it doesn't feel like anything's really changing. Just the title. <laughs> you do the job before you get the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm super excited and, and looking forward to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, from a, a personal change or just a, you know, anything new, not not much. Uh, well, I'm, I'm engaged now, so <laughs> that, that's uh, oh, hey, congrats! That's thank exciting. you, thank you. Having back in September, and we're you know starting wedding planning and, and stuff like that, um, and uh, which is always fun. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it's gonna be a lot of change in the next next year and a half. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's about it. I mean, yeah. Chris, anything new in your world? Uh, anything changing with you? There's always new stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. We got we got a few exciting things going on. Um, so I just recently accepted a new role um, right before Christmas, and so. Uh, if any of my customers listen, um, sorry, <laughs> this is a tough way to find out, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually heading over to, um, right now I'm in, in the, the Northeast unit in Microsoft, uh, cover, covering 13 high tech enterprise customers, uh, and I'm moving over to the manufacturing org, uh, in a, in a different role. So I'm, I'm moving over to, um, what's known as a client technology lead or, um, account technology strategist was the, the former title of that. So. Um, oftentimes you'll hear those folks uh, introduce themselves as the CTO of the account team. And mm-hmm. so um, it, rather than a strict um, Azure and SQL data focus, um, it expands my focus um, to pretty much everything Microsoft that enterprise customers could want, need, or use. Um, with my own personal uh, focus, which will be on data, right? And so it's kind of going um, across the three clouds, you know, uh, across surface devices and and sort of everything that Microsoft has out there and, and all the amazing things that we're providing. Um, but 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll all be rooted in data with my background there and, and sort of my passion for it. Uh, and so, you know, really excited to be supporting seven new customers starting uh, January 3rd. Um, you know, and so we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, the other one is uh, I'm, I'm a few months into uh, writing a book. I don't think I got a chance to announce it on the show. Um, but yeah, writing a book for, for Pact Publishing uh, on Azure Cognitive Services. Uh, nice. And so, yeah, we're, we're um, a few chapters in and approved and finalized, working on a few more chapters. Um, so we're going to cover, you know, things like um, knowledge mining solutions with cognitive search and, you know, all the fun things you can do with that. Um, you know, all of, all of the different uh, capabilities with uh, the decision category and, and uh, the speech category and the vision category and um, all, all the, uh, all the good stuff there. So it's, uh, it's, it's certainly, uh, it's, it's been interesting. It, it's been challenging, right? You have to be super disciplined um, to write a book. Uh, but, you know, so far putting out some really, really good content, um, everything that I've, I've been able to put together and that, you know, is considered to be final, uh, final draft, if you will, uh, before it goes to publisher has been received really, really well. Uh, you know, and so looking forward to that, hopefully rolling that around sometime um, mid-April, that'll be done. That's awesome. Is it going to be a co-author or is it sole author? It's co-authored. It's co-authored. Um, I have got a guy uh, that, you know, I've been working with for the last uh, 17, 18 years now. Uh, and he's, he's building um, the full out solutions. I'm kind of putting together the POC and then he's building an actual practical application. Uh, and we're building it around a fictitious seafood company um, <laughs> where basically I'm able to take sort of a parable um, from working in the seafood industry and identifying areas where, um, you know, the manufacturing and the organization in general could um, enhance uh, productivity by um, adopting AI, right? And so yeah. where Cognitive Services has, um, you know, a lot of those capabilities that are uh, right there, uh, you know, available through an API, um, you know, it, it seemed like a, a really interesting thing when, when we were approached to, to uh, write it. That's awesome. That's, that's definitely good news. Yeah. yeah. Writing, writing is difficult. It's uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is is to just get going, you know, know, as soon as you get started, you got to be disciplined. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's, um, it's uh, let's just say I'm not doing it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Rarely do. do Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Hopefully, by the next time I'm on, I'll have one more exciting uh, announcement. Been working on something else too. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so does that mean we need to change the you know data download title since you're going to be covering like the breadth of everything? No way. Keep no it? way. Okay. All right. No, no. Actually, <laughs> what's 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 really exciting about it is that um, I now because the portfolio goes so much wider, um, you know, I've got more of an opportunity to have the you know, behind, you know, whatever, behind the scenes and secret sauce to all this is that working at Microsoft doesn't mean that I know everything there is about CRM and, and you know, all the other tools that we have, you know, I mean, which, with things like Mesh, um, you know, and HoloLens and, you know, all of these other areas where I've never really touched or worked on because they weren't in my portfolio 
and you know trying to stay ahead of technology there's only so much you can consume um so now you know where i'll be working on a couple more certifications for the new role um you know it's a requirement as a microsoft employee um you know and just having more of a perspective on some of these other tools uh it actually gives me an opportunity to talk about more fun cool stuff yeah and and it probably strengthens the ability to actually take your passion of data like especially when you start talking about crm right yeah. uh it, it data extends to all areas right number one strategic yeah. asset any organization has it's just how you consume it what you're doing with it and you know it, it's definitely Absolutely. good stuff it's good stuff yeah. crm erp i mean those they, there's huge implications i mean and even even in running the cognitive services um a cognitive search uh chapter right um getting some really really interesting perspective on how much capability there is when you do something as simple as point cognitive search at a SharePoint library, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, whether it's just a site or a list or the whole thing, um, you know, uh, to be able to go and index all of the, the documents and the documentation and pull them all back and then be able to have just this incredible search based on, you know, things as simple as just full text, right? But then also, you know, semantic uh, search where, you know, you're you're getting a, a secondary scoring system and it can summarize what the entire document is about in a single paragraph. And um, and then, you know, taking it even further into, you know, it enhanced OCR capabilities and um, image recognition and, and uh, pulling entities and all this other stuff out of there. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff in there. Um, and, and I'll be doing some, you know, video blogs about them and stuff, too. And then as if we want to get under the covers, we can do some of that stuff, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's, but Dev probably perked up a little bit when you started talking SharePoint. He, yeah. he, got, he got his birth into the world with SharePoint, right? <laughs> it's a beast. It's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let, let's pivot a little bit here. Dev, what was the best thing of 2021 um, technology-wise? I mean, I'll, I'll save you getting engaged in your family. Okay, that all takes precedence over <laughs> So we don't need we don't need to do the low hanging fruit. Let's go with uh, let's go with like tech or or something something related to our world. What do you think the best of twenty one was? Oh man, um, I didn't see the show notes before this. I, I wasn't know I didn't know I was going to be asked this question. Um, the best thing of twenty one. It's a better reaction. <laughs> it is better reaction. Um, I don't know. It, it, there's been lots of different things. I mean, there's been so much. You know, we've talked. We've said this till we blew in the face that there's been so much advancement in so little time because of the pandemic and with, you know, especially with the modern workplace and, and things like that. Um, I, I, I thought you were going to throw out Viva. Uh, no, no, Viva. I mean, Windows 365 is definitely up there. You know, just for the ability to, to spin up machines very quickly and, and, mm -hmm. and not have to leverage like Azure Virtual Desktop, formerly Windows Virtual Desktop. Um, from that, you know, I, I just think, you know, that Form think, formerly Citrix in Azure, which <laughs> is still an option. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, Windows 365 has been has been super, been really great. You know, I know we played around and tested with it and, and, and did different things with it actually carried out you know some email and sharepoint migrations through a w365 machine just mm -hmm. to see how that worked internally 
Um, Chris, you know. you're gonna you're gonna like this use case for for W365. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a particular tooling that we needed to have, and we didn't want to have a big big high powered machine running out in Azure and go through all the security crap. So basically, sure. it, it does like an IMAP redirection from legacy system to a new system. And for mm -hmm. those, I'm throwing hands around if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, so we're just like we need tooling for ShareGate and we need tooling for code two. We're like, let's just stand up a W365 machine, threw it on yeah. there, did the migration tore it down. It was like cost yeah. so much less. It was, it was, and it was productive, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And I, you know, what's funny is obviously I use window windows, virtual desktop and stuff like that. I haven't, I haven't used the Microsoft 360 or the windows 365 stuff just yet. Um, but I, I know I need to, you know, for, for, you know, um, my personal finance stuff, you know, Quicken and all that crap. Um, it, like I, I've always been sort of dependent on one machine, but then I've got a remote into it from other places if I'm doing something and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah. just recently it kind of dawned on me is like, why don't I just put it in there? I've got a Microsoft 365 subscription already. I mean, like I've already got it. So why not just use it, you know? And so, yeah. um, that'll be a, that'll be a project for the next few weeks for me actually. Yeah, so so you're gonna love it, right? So Dev and I, when it the day it was released, well, we did it, some of the beta stuff, but the day production happened, GA happened, um, we I stood up an instance. It wasn't even high powered. It was it was like the second from the bottom, and I put Visual Studio Code on. I put like all the all the computer nerdy stuff on there. And then for those who are business listeners who don't know all the computer nerdy stuff, I put in like Visio and and Publisher and <clears throat> like a bunch of other just regular commodity apps on it. And I was working, and it was it was responsive. It automatically found I had two screens and wanted to leverage multiple screens. I was like, oh, nice. You okay that the remote clients handling that well? And then I wanted to see what it looked like on my uh, my my Samsung uh, Tab. S7 Plus, and I was like blown away. It was like incredibly productive. Then I'm like, okay, well, I have an Ultra 21. What if I'm out somewhere and a customer needs something or I need to do so? So I'd put it on my Ultra 21. Amazing. I put it on my Ultra 21 in Dex mode with the desktop experience. Amazing. It was. It's nothing but amazing. My I, and I'm not saying it's being a shill because you know I call the hard thing when the hard thing's there to call. It was it was an amazing experience, and I still to this day I use it for tons of stuff. In fact, you know I was gonna get one of the new surfaces as when they were released, but I'm like, yeah, do I need do to? Do you need to? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, it's good stuff. What do you think the best for twenty one was, Chris? I think this is a weird thing, but I think um, delaying the rollout of azure synapse gen 3 was okay. probably best um you know obviously it's it's near and dear to my space and the things that i do um so let me back up a second right um so synapse obviously um has, has gone through a lot of changes just in the couple of years since it, it was originally announced um but you know there was a lot of there was a big push um probably late springtime that we're going to have Gen 3, um, you know, by the fall, call it. And, you know, I mean, we're telling customers that, you know, there was a lot of capabilities in there that helped us um, compete with some of the other uh, cloud data warehouse leaders for specific features. I still think we're elite, the leader um, for, for an all-up tool. Um, and we rolled out what's, what's um, known as the analytics continuum. 
And really what that is, 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 you know, just what it says is, is that we came to the understanding that, that analytics are not something that are just one and done, right? You're, you're not just setting it up and walking away. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an evolution, right? So whether you're doing AI and ML use cases, you're doing advanced analytics, right? You're doing any kind of predictive modeling, anything like that. It's, it's a continual process to update and refine and improve, uh, plus improving that, that user experience. And so when Synapse said, hey, you know what we're going to do is we're, we're going to include Spark pools. You know, we're going to include Data Explorer, um, you know, capabilities within the tooling. Um, you know, and, and they start adding these additional compute engines, you know, as opposed to that single MPP engine that's been around forever, you know, that, that works really, really well on tabular data, uh, as opposed to now saying, well, we're actually going to make sure that we're covering the whole gamut for all of our customers. And so, you know, if, if you need a cloud data warehouse where you are simply um, running reporting off of you know tabular data then a cloud data warehouse standalone might be good enough right whereas synapse and the team from synapse realized that hey we need a whole lot more in that realization um you know it was there was a bit of a step back to say how do we really approach this so that customers appreciate everything that the tool has uh, that's available to it and so i think by Putting that on pause, um, you know, and I think we'll see some announcements probably in January as to some updates on when some of those features will come out. Um, I, I think it was a good step to make sure that that something wasn't released that was less than mature. Yeah, that's you're right. That is definitely a good call. Um, the 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 thing that you know Microsoft historically has been got dinged for was like the release cycles and putting things out. At, little too early sure. you know and i think they've learned a lot over the years and they're and you know when satya took over the mentality around how we deliver and using the tooling to build what we what we sell that whole philosophy has changed for a more stable release of products and i and quite frankly as much as i get like stomp my feet and and dev is all too aware i stomp my feet i want like i hear of a team's feature that or <laughs> some sort of a feature i want and i like ah, i want it now and it's like <laughs> it's better to give it to me when it works <laughs> than maybe get it and then be all like i got it now what do i do because it just sure. doesn't work so yeah. yeah i'm with you i can appreciate that um looking on the other side of that coin what was one of the like i, I use this phrase worst what's the worst of 21 but not necessarily worst but maybe not ideal it doesn't have to be like oh bad you uh, you know aside from you know pandemic and all the normal things that we're going to tack on like from a technology or from a what was the worst thing that happened in 21 or not ideal situation or dev you why don't you take this one i mean the first thing that comes to mind and, and you know probably one of the more recently happened is that aws has been having some challenges lately um, with uh, maintaining some connectivity to a lot of their uh, data centers and stuff. Um, but you know, I, I think, you know, there was like three outages in the past month, I think, for various different reasons, um, things like that. And even like, you know. Well, okay, I'm, can, I, can I bump in? I'm going to bump in. So like, everyone knows I'm a big Azure <laughs> fan. Azure is my, my gig, right? AWS, eh, GCP <laughs> not. 
every every cloud has their challenges right so you know even microsoft had a you know a few bumps along the way this year everybody had a bump here or there right so it's a matter of how impactful were those bumps and how fast were they up and running um so spinning that back to you was it was it that detrimental that made it the worst or do you think it's just more of one of those that just put a bug in the back of people's head like oh it's unreliable um I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a lot of, uh, from my knowledge, from, you know, reading in the news and things like that, a couple of the outages were multiple hours long. And, and I think what made it a little bit worse was there in, in some of the main data centers that people run out of like East US and, and I think it wasn't like somewhere in South America or, you know, or anything like that, where they, there might not be more resources stood up. They matter something. too. They matter. They, they matter. But, you know, we're talking about a lot of the big, big, big companies and things out there. A lot of other people are going to be focusing on East US. Yeah. Uh, things like that. Um, I mean, even and I think even some of the worst as I'm talking here that you know I've had to deal with in the day job to the day job to a certain extent is this uh, new Apache log for J vulnerability thing everyone's losing their mind about. Um, you know, I get text. I got a text from a client. And I'm like, are we using this uh, <laughs> um, you know, for uh, for a certain web, certain sites that we have? And I'm like, no, well, yes, you are. <laughs> well, surprisingly, the one word we're not using it. Thankfully, we, we, we are not using it. But um, hey, even my mom was talking to me about it, which is, you know, she sees and she says everything's, uh, you know, compromised or whatever. Most things are compromised. So, you know, I'm sure it's keep cats kept a lot of security people up at night, um, especially considering it's used very widely across main things. And a lot of people don't know what it, what it uses or what it doesn't use and things like that. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that, that that's a huge thing, too. So I'm, I'm going to toot your horn for you since you're not going to do it for yourself. So you do more than Azure and infrastructure, modern workplace. You do a lot of security stuff too on infrastructure, uh, especially on, you know, the SAS pass arena for Microsoft. You're like big into that space. You do a lot in that space. So um, it's not, it's, it does not surprise me that when we have an Azure infrastructure customer and they're like, they see something that they're reaching out to you immediately. So, uh, your, your skills and your, your lanes are w- much wider. It's not as, you know, focused as some of your, your, com- your, your counterparts out there in industry. So, um, it's good to know that you're on top of that. Now the question is, is how many people are not and will this be a problem that, or a challenge that they're going to deal with? That's the big thing, right? Yeah. So, well, no, I mean, like, for example, like, <clears throat> even though we're not using it, like we've already, like, you know, Microsoft put out stuff for like securing app gateways uh-huh. um, that they've been using. If you're, you, if you don't, can't secure your backend for whatever reason, like, you know, as far as when the web app firewalls up, um, and we even see, we even started seeing traffic come in uh, from uh, third party firewalls that are identifying as people like, you know, pro probing to see who, who has what. You know, mm-hmm. as far as when it comes to this, the log4j vulnerability, um, you know, so it, it's been, uh, you know, it's definitely been top of mind. We've been seeing the traffic, seeing, you know, people are trying to find places that are vulnerable um, and, and, and try to exploit it. So, you know, thankfully we don't use it. We, we didn't need to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's definitely something very concerning. And, and here's where I'm the unabashed evangelist for Microsoft and Azure is that I know the solution and the customer you're talking about and all the solutions are native in azure uh, using the tooling inside of azure with you know some of the uh you know like i'm not going to name it because we don't want to call out specific technologies and have somebody figure something out but i know the exact customer and i know it's all native in azure and the visibility and the way you have it all tooled up you get to see a lot of 
what's going on where and uh, and that's it's pretty good and it's nice that we have that ability and say we as you know our day job have the ability to do that but we as our partners with microsoft have the capability of actually delivering that as opposed to going out there and buying eight thousand SKUs and wrenching something in and it's it's kind of good it's real life so if you're on the business side this is a real life situation where everything contained in azure native uh secured hardened uh if you're not maybe you should be <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean you got to keep in mind though too right we had our challenges this year, oh, yeah. right? Um, the the Active Directory challenges we had, uh, exchange the challenges we had, yeah. exchange. You know, seems like ten years ago. It's kind of a weird one, right? But yeah, it's still I, there, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is quite a bit. Um, you know, one thing I will say, um, and and I was listening to uh, the Security Now podcast with, with Steve Gibson, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the guy's a legend. I, I don't mind shouting him out, right? Um, he said something really interesting recently. It was in one of the, it was Log4j or one of those episodes, um, you know, where, where he just said, it, it, you know, they were talking about the AWS outage and, you know, the challenges from an enterprise standpoint, so many companies for so long worked so hard to make sure that they were geographically dispersed and so that they had high availability and they had DR, right? And they had HA and they had backups and all that good stuff. And in, in the essence of saving money, right, and moving to the cloud, they somewhat took a step back from having those capabilities. And so now you've got these providers. I mean, there were a massive amount of, of you know, internationally known providers, globally known providers, you know, that were down for six, seven, eight hours um, in, the most, in the most recent outage. And, you know, it's almost like we, we did this circle where we came back to not being dispersed geographically correctly, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And, and it's, it's, you know, instead of um, making sure we had that uptime, making sure that the load was spread, um, you know, and I think the last AWS outage was because, um, you know, basically the data centers got overloaded with, with requests and that's what started taking things down. And so, you know, essentially now we've got everybody going back to the same place to try to do the same thing at the same time. Um, and we're on all this shared hardware. So maybe it can handle 10,000 customers at a time, but it can't handle a hundred thousand customers at a time. You know what I mean? And so, and, and so it's, I can't really fully blame them, right? They can only do so much. They can only offer so many SLAs, you know, and, and it's something that I have with my customers all the time. You know, remember an SLA is just, a service level agreement that means that you get credits back it doesn't mean that you have guaranteed uptime right yeah. it means you yeah. get money back if it goes down for over x amount of time a year um and and so you know i i think that um you know for for again for those business folks out there um uh, that that don't realize this just because you put it on the cloud doesn't mean it's guaranteed to keep running right yeah. i mean you're still sharing hardware with a whole bunch of other people yep Yep. You're, you're right. hundred percent. Right. And Dev, before I toss it back to you mm -hmm. for that last bit, um, I have a customer that I'm, we started this before the AWS stuff happened and we're, we're, we're planning HA and Azure, right? Cause they, they were, their, their industry is one in where they really shouldn't be down. Right. Um, they can tolerate a little bit of down, but so we're planning this HA solution to, 
you know, it, it, we're, we had an Azure vision and we're doing, you know, the well-architected and looking at all the various, you know, models and trying to make sure that we're, we're putting them in the right path so that as an organization, they're not going to suffer, you know, or at least get a black eye from their customers that, oh, I, I couldn't do this because of an outage by your provider or your provider right. couldn't handle it. So we're, we're putting in an on top of all the automagical stuff that happens in the back end of Azure to have high availability, we're putting other traps and checks in with solutions. So we're building it even deeper so that once it recognizes things are happening, it's going to do that automatically before it even hits that plane. So, so there are answers for this. Um, sometimes, you know, they're costly. Sometimes they're not. I guess it really depends on your industry and what your needs are. Dev, you, you had a throw in on this, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's interesting what you said, Chris. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think the cloud is something. Di I mean, and in all reality, it's not extremely different from what a traditional data center is. Sure. And, sure. you know, and I think, you know, yeah, people put all their eggs in one basket and one data center when in reality they shouldn't be doing that. They should be dispersing it just like they would normally would. You're just not seeing the hardware. You're just right. putting it different in different regions and things like that. So, I mean, I think for people out there who are doing that, I mean, I think, you know, the, it's not, like you said, it's not on the, the Microsoft or Amazon. Yeah, you have the SLA. It's not guaranteed. But it's also on the customer to design a solution that, you know, Absolutely. if something were to happen, like you can redirect traffic to a different region. You know, it might take a couple of milliseconds longer, but, you know, I think, you know, to, to happen, you know, but but may, but making that happen, I think, you know, making sure the solution is designed well is that hasn't stopped that, you know, that's going to be the same if you're doing it on-prem or in the cloud. Yeah. Absolutely. It comes down to value, right? Yeah. What kind of value you're getting for the money you're spending and what what is your tolerance for downtime, right? And, and I feel as though, you know, I run into a lot of customers that they just don't take that time to make those evaluations and understand, you know, what are the cost benefits of running it, you know, in two or three different ways, right? So, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I would certainly suggest to people that they spend the extra time and, and find out what those things are. It's going to help them be successful. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. Yeah, you're both spot on there. There's, there's a lot to go into. Uh, and you can, and this is not, you know, plugging your friendly neighborhood consulting company, but like we see these varying types of situations and, you know, it's a forest trees thing. So some, if, if, even if you're not born out of the traditional infrastructure and having multiple locations, what the cloud means, I mean, are you any better in East US two versus East US? You know, you're across the river from each other. Should you be really dispersed West or central? Are you going to, as the sun goes and like, now we're talking the application layer. How, what are we doing for availability? Let's throw Redis on top, you know, throwing all this technology in there, but it's only as good as you architect and plan it and validate it, that it's going to be sound. Right. right. Uh, and putting that thought and that time into it is, is definitely, uh, something that is, you know, th that time is getting shorted, you know, that we see these engagements of let's get it to the cloud and, and you know, people are gassed when I like, for, let's talk about MRO 365, right? People like their jaw drops when I say, what are you going to do for backup? Right. They're like, it's in the cloud. I'm like, right. Sure, but what are you going to do for backup? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. you know, if you you delete something, you got like thirty days. I mean, do you have any kind of compliance or, or uh, retention policies? Are right. um, you do you need granular email backups because you have a V level person that just nukes everything and they just you know nuke the 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 New Year's bonus, if you will, or whatever. <laughs> you know, so you, yeah. you have to keep in mind that like like you said, Chris, you know, the cloud is is a data center, somebody else's computer. 
you know, those bumper right. stickers running around. It's truly that right now. That being said, there are protections. Like if, if, if the sure. a VM gets nuked because of a data there, yeah, there's, there's local protections and things that keep things safe. Um, and, and I urge everyone to um, reach out or send us a message. I can send you the link to it. There's, there's a matrix that Microsoft provides. It's called the shared responsibility matrix. And that matrix is what I pound on the chest. Like, like, like King Kong, when we're talking to new people about moving, there's like, I want you to understand what your organization's responsibility is in the cloud. There's a, there's a diagonal line that cuts through the matrix and everything from that diagonal line down, Microsoft takes care of everything from that diagonal line up you're responsible for. It's yeah. not, yeah, there's no magical server pixie dust like getting thrown out that says, "Oh, it just works." You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think one one big thing that that certainly sets it apart from managing your own data center, you know, managing your own in-house infrastructure is the security aspect of things, right? I, I mean, the amount of investment that Microsoft and, and other cloud providers do, right? It's not just Microsoft. It's so. I mean, I'm, I'm pro cloud. Um, you know, no matter which cloud, as opposed to managing your own infrastructure in-house and um, so the security risks that you have. Now, you know, our our, our um, big emphasis on the zero zero trust um, deployments this year um, is is for that reason, right? Is is to make sure that people are staying as secure as possible. Um, but it it certainly helps to sleep at night knowing that you've got 3,500 security professionals working on your behalf for Microsoft, yeah. as well as, you know, $5 billion or $4 billion a year, whatever it is, um, five, I think it's five. Um, it's a lot of billions. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and so um, I, I think that really sets it apart. And, and obviously, you know, things like the hardware and stuff like that, um, you know, they're, they're mass deploying this stuff. It's, it's all, um, it's all standardized, you know, and stuff like that. And so, um, if there is an outage because of a hardware problem, um, generally it's something to be fixed very, very quickly because there's a lot of things that are, um, sort of thought of and taken care of, um, as well as really how things are destroyed. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, you can't walk into a Microsoft data center with, with a, a USB stick, you know, you can't walk out with a USB stick. You can't, um, you know, you, you can't walk out with a hard drive. I mean, they have to be shredded right there the moment they're pulled after they die and things like that. I mean, so there's, there's a lot of those security aspects that, that sort of set the cloud apart, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's still short, shared hardware, you know, no matter how you, how, how you break it down. Yeah, I told someone once, they said, what's inside of one of those data centers? I said, imagine a, rat, a big shelf, like a big metal shelf, and there's nothing but Xboxes all plugged together sitting on a shelf. <laughs> the world run by Xboxes. There you go. That's right. That's, That's right. They're so hard to get now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I kid. I kid. So, you know, one of the things I think that was worst of, of 21, I'm going to throw out there is, you know, we, we shoot off a, a, a new exploratory space probe and the sun shutter doesn't open mm. that's a lot of billions for it not to work sure <laughs> just throwing that out there yeah <laughs> just throwing yeah. That out there. yeah yeah i it's um i i don't know what the actual issue was uh but you know essentially it seems like something that should have been worked out ahead of time, you would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> and it sounds like something you don't need to even test in zero gravity. I think actuators are actuators, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's good. So uh, looking back, uh, I didn't pull this together. I, I failed. Uh, I, I'll admit I was going to go back and take the time to listen to the whole episode beginning to end of our prediction show and find out who's did predict, see who was most accurate. I did not do that. I, I got about three quarters of the way through and then life called um, sores exploded. Uh, plumbing needed done. It was like, it was either have running water and sanitary or, get this part of the show done. So I, I kind of swung and missed, uh, but I, I will throw back there. Chris, was that you that predicted a potential Adobe acquisition? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I told uh, on our 99th recording, I told Dev, um, I told him straight up. I was like, ever since you said that in the back of my head, like when I'm looking through like business stuff and I'm always looking to see if Adobe was going to get gobbled up. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah. I, so anybody who heard that last year, hopefully they went and bought the stock because uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's been a good year for that. Um, yeah. I, and and I still think it's it's very viable. Um, you know, I still think that um, uh, we we have strong partnerships. I mean, this is all publicly available information, right? We've got strong partnerships with with Adobe. Um, you know, their experience cloud, the marketing cloud, a lot of that stuff all runs on Azure. Um, you know, and and um we work together on a lot of things as well um and and the reality is um you know when when technologies uh when technology companies um sort of just I, would fit better together it's kind of hard to deny you know um i think i think something like and i don't remember if it was this year or last year but you know when salesforce acquired tableau uh you know i mean it, it sort of made sense as their next generation, you know, because Salesforce reporting tools aren't great, you know, and so um, something like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and so where I think that, you know, Adobe has their creative cloud, um, they have their marketing services, you know, and things like that, that are, are really, really um, catered toward designers. And the fact that, you know, Apple no longer has the corner on that market, um, you know, I, I still think it's, it's, it's a very, very possible one. Um, I, I think one of the other, I mean, that was the acquisition prediction. Um, and I think, you know, just kind of remembering back uh, the other one that I'm, I'm sad to say came true as well is that I thought it was going to be, uh, that we'd be dealing with the pandemic stuff a year later. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately I, I wouldn't be surprised we're still dealing with this next year. You know, I think we're getting smarter about it. Um, but, a, but a good friend of mine the other day, um, sent me a message and, and, and he just said, my, the, the, you know, um, vaccine companies, um, they basically had really poor marketing <laughs> around what the vaccine did, because yeah. it's like, it's like this amazing thing when, when people still get infected, um, uh, but they're vaccinated and it's just like, well nobody ever said the vaccine was going to stop you from getting the virus. Right. Yep. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just, um, you know, I, I, look, I, it's, it's, I, it's constant conversation, whether it be with customers, whether it be with family, whatever, um, you know, and, and I, everybody make their own choices, do what you want to do. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, it still doesn't appear to be anything that's going away anytime soon. Nope. Uh, you know, and, and it, and it, it stinks quite frankly. Yeah. But, I kind of uh, saw this somewhere. I can't remember where I think Rose might've sent me a picture on 
Insta spam or something like that. It was said is 2022, 2022. And it was T O T to T O O. Is it like, are we going right. to, it's like the same thing all over again. Right. Right. And, and I think one of the, I think I, I, I heralded your prediction there and I jumped aboard that one. I know that for sure. And if you th- stop and look at it, one of the things we talked about in 99 was, or, or one of our review shows, we talked about like, are we getting better at doing things by our state, right? Our state of, we don't know. And I think we have gotten better, but I think we can get a heck of a lot more better. So like those are, that's not even good English, but those <laughs> on the those of you on the uh, on the business side, not tech side, you know, heed these words, right? You might have done things to enable your workers. You might have done things to turn on technology to make sure your business line of business is working. You might have come up with creative in-office, out-office schedules. You might have flipped on Teams and Teams Voice. You might have done a whole, even competing products, Ring Central, uh, uh, but uh, you know any of these other competing products, Slack, which is another Salesforce thing, right? You you could have done this, but that doesn't mean you're done. You're not done yet. You're not done until we're at a place where we feel comfortable uh, as businesses, as employees, as managers, then we can say we can operate with efficiency. We can operate well. We can, we're, we're, we're affecting the bottom line of our business in a a productive way. And the fact that this is continuously changing and, and again, regardless of whatever your choices are, the people's choices are leading to you know, them to work in the way they're comfortable with. And geography is not a, not a challenge anymore for hiring. We're seeing all this change, but we're not done. We have a long way to go. Even if you think you're done because it's kind of working for you, now's the time to stop and look and say, it might be working for me, but can it work for me better? And are there things we can do to enhance this thing we've done or it's not working for us instead of throwing in the towel say what do we need to do to be better uh, so that's kind of my tagging onto the predictions but also looking forward in 22 which is our, our next bit <laughs> but you know bringing that together i mean we really need to you know s- stop and look in and, and from a microsoft perspective we have viva viva's coming out in stages that's that is very useful tooling to engage with people, to make people feel uh, that they got the tools to do their job. There's other things with platforms that are changing in Azure. Uh, We're seeing, you know, I'm having unprecedented amount of people saying, okay, I need to get to Azure now. It's like, didn't you try to do that like two years ago? And they're like, yeah, well, we just kind of turned some stuff on. Like, okay, have an Azure Active Directory is like, you're not in Azure. (laughs) You are, but you're not. (laughs) So now they're talking about full-blown pivot and and refactoring. And so, so some organizations are taking the time to say, okay, we understand now because we've have 18 months, two years of this. Now we can figure out how to chart the ways. Our jobs are not done. I think they're just beginning. Any anything on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, to take that one step further, I I think that um, business leaders need to understand what works best for their company, as opposed to what their biases are, right? Um, I, I had a, I had a manager, um, years back where, um, you know, I was consulting for the company, everything was fine. I could work remote. I could work from the office, whatever. It didn't matter. And then I went and became a full-time employee and 
then you know there was there was no working from home you know there was there was a no work from home policy and and my question simply was what difference does it make whether i'm here or at home I, why why was it different when i was a consultant you know as opposed to um you know now that i'm a full-time employee and and the only answer you could give me was that was the that's the policy and 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 i think that to a certain extent it's it's almost um just a bias and and a lack of trust right um and and if if you're that person that says well no we have to be here because i need to make sure that your butt's in the seat either you need to be making a change about that employee or you need to be making a change about the way that you manage people in my opinion right i i, I am i'm not a proponent either way whether I work from home or, or or work collectively in an office i think you do what works best for your situation um you know being in sales uh i have a, a very social job right so i want to be with my customers when i can it's been almost two years of supporting largely the same customer base and and i've never met a fair amount of them in person right it's it's been all remote um you know going to the manufacturing org uh things are going to be different there um i feel like a lot more people are going to be there in person and they're going to have taken different precautions so it'll be interesting because i'll get a different perspective on things uh but at the same time you know it, it doesn't take away from the fact that uh, even if I'm not going to see customers, I'm still trying to get to our regional office once a week just to be in person with other people, right? I think it's healthy to be on, around other people, uh, especially, you know, a great place that I work where um, I've got the opportunity to work with some smart people, right? Where I can pick things up from them beyond just the social and networking aspects of the job. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it was posed to me recently, like, um, during, uh, an interview process, a couple, couple months ago for a team member was posed to me. They're like, um, I'm pretty seasoned. I know my space, but I want to learn other spaces. How am I going to learn from you? If I'm not seeing you, I'm like, well, there's ways. I mean, it is almost 2022. I mean, I didn't say it like that, but there are, there are ways, um, but there is a value to, you know, sitting across the table from someone, you know, yeah, riding shotgun. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yep. I, I do see it's, it's not lost um, on one who embraces remote more than not. It's not lost on me. The value of, of personal human contact and interaction though those who know me probably just chuckled at that statement came out of my mouth, but <laughs> um, well, but I mean, you know, to that point, and, and look, I mean, we obviously we get older, we we gain from experience and, and our personal experiences, right? I, you know, that situation was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I have a different understanding of uh, the requirements of the job requirements of the people and things like that, where yeah. I have a different perspective than I did 10 years ago, too. Uh, but then, you know, I, I feel as though there's there's a generation of business leaders out there you know, that are nearing the retirement age, especially in like smaller companies and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they just have this mindset. Well, no, we, we need to have butts in seats. I need to be able to count the heads. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I just don't trust what people are doing. And it's just like, I think that's more your problem than it is your employees problem. Yeah. And, it, and it reflects in them. Uh, employees will, will, they will pick up on that. Sure. And and they're going to, they're going to treat you accordingly if you're managing right. them that way. And they're also going to understand that, um, they feel not trusted and they're going to like, so the, it builds the, even if it's subconsciously, it builds this, 
this dam or, you know, between you and them that, you know, they feel un so they're, they're more apt to when something more appealing comes along or convenient, they're more apt to consider it, right? Not say they're going to take it, but they're more apt to consider it. And if you're, if you're really, really working hard to try to keep your people, uh, you, you need to, you need to make sure you're keeping your people and, and doing what's right by them. Right. So, um, yeah, I think more of the same looking at my notes over here. I think you're right. We're, we're in for more of the same. Anything else for 22 that you can see coming down the line? Um, I know that we, I mentioned briefly Viva and some other technologies. There are, there are several different uh, modern workplace uh, throws. Uh, Dev, I'm going to toss it to you here in a minute to kind of capsulize some things. I know uh, in our rewind, we put uh, uh, some rewind episodes up for, um, to, to, you know, let people think of in the last year, which episodes we thought were great. And, and one of them was, you know, the one you and I did, Chris, um, with the, you know, skills and abilities. And the other one was, was the, uh, the, the meetings in the one with Ari dev. So, you know, we see a lot, we see a lot of development and involvement in that space. You want to touch on that real quick? Um, or what, or what are your thoughts for 22? Cause I know you and I talked about this. There's a lot of that coming, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I think like you said, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you said before, like we've done, we've accelerated a lot of development in the modern workplace space in the past couple of years out of necessity, um, but there's still more we can do, you know, and I, I think that, you know, they're, they're, that that's definitely, you know, something we're going to continue to see in 22, like, you know, there's, you know, specific to teams, there's the, the, the uh, shared channels coming out, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to work, I think probably it's going to work some other private channels. Um, but, you know, I'm not having to flip back and forth between tenants and collaborate more easily with people outside your org is going to be great. I get an amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there's that. Then there's, you know, Microsoft Loop, like, like uh, they announced that it, uh, Ignite this past one, Yep. Um, which I think is going to be interesting to see how it, it fits in with the rest of the product suite. Some, some, some of the Loop stuff, just for anybody that has made it this far. If you take your, if you're allowed to, depends on your organizational policies. If you go into developer mode, yeah, you, you can turn loop features on inside of teams right now. Yep. Didn't say, didn't say that out loud, but it's <laughs> not, it's not like an unpublished thing. Like I'm going to get yelled at or Chris is going to tell Redmond on me. I mean, it is a known thing, but it, I don't think they really want people just like pounding on it until it's ready. But if you want to test it and look and don't use it for production, it's, it is in test go into developer mode in your team's client, and then you can start placing loop components inside your team's chats. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely been fun. It, it's been, it's been, it was been fun seeing that. I know we played with it a little bit and how it works when it does, when teams on the web and, and, and things like that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, with loop, I, I think we're kind of consistent, you know, with Microsoft, you saw the, the, met, the metaverse and all that type of stuff with, you know, augmented reality. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where, you know, what 22 is going to go because we've accelerated so much that I think that, you know, now we're going to think about, okay, how can we do things a little bit differently, which I think is how what loop is the answer to for a certain extent when it comes to collaboration. Um, you know, I think we not saying we've taken teams as far as, as far as, as far as they can go. Um, but, you know, the, you know, there's room for new ideas and, and different ways of working and people work differently. You know, I, I think, you know, the more I've sat on loop, the more I've thought about it. I think it makes makes sense and you know for a different type of collaboration platform and it integrates with the rest of the office suite so i mean just just yeah. look at look at the new whiteboard is is amazing yeah. 
the challenges like you know mural and miro it's like it's like and now you can make parts of those as components uh so so the the native microsoft tooling it does have an edge even though you can embed mural and miro inside of teams channels and there's native applications that bolt that all together because microsoft is partner friendly they are competitor friendly uh but there is an advantage when you start thinking of the loop and loop components of being able to like take these little bits and grab excel spreadsheet parts and grab little word parts and and it it, it does surface things in a much more logical way and then once it evolves to its full potential you know, it's almost like one note what, because it's going to be like notebooks of stuff that are more collaborative and interactive as opposed to downloadable chunks of data like OneNote is. I'm not saying OneNote's displaceable or bad. I love OneNote. Uh, but it is it is definitely a game changer when it comes to that interoperability. Uh, the one thing you did mention that I, I kind of want to like expand on, or at least the concept fired a synapse in my brain. Um, the, the One of the biggest things that I saw, and I think is going to be hugely, hugely pushed on, is uh, Teams as a platform, as a delivery mechanism. And we've seen this over the past few years with build your team apps, build your team apps. You know, they had that, the Teams studio, but they've made it even, even more. They've almost made it low code, no code, uh, power apps model to push apps and services on top of teams. So it seems like it's a delivery mechanism. Do you guys agree with that or am I reading that wrong? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we I think we touched on that in one of the episodes that um, just where it's becoming a platform. Um, I, I would like to see more of it. I will say that um, it's still a bit clunky. Um, you know, so if you're, you know, so I, I said, okay, instead of using browsing power BI on the web or using desktop app, I'm going to use it in teams, um, just, just for something different to do. And what I ran into was, um, you know, I, would be on power BI, I'd be kind of playing around with the report, but then I'd get a notification, um, you know, that, that somebody pinged me, you know what I mean? Or, or even just there's some activity in my team's channels. Um, and I had to browse away from that report. And it wasn't abundantly clear to me how to get back to where I was. And there wasn't a way to right click and, and pop open um, the all up chat window or the all up activity window to be able to kind of view it in a, in a different way without disrupting what I was currently doing in Teams or take it another way and think of it as, as modules within the screen, right? And being able to have your, your Power BI module here and your Dynamics module here and you know, whatever, right? Um, so I fully agree where you're coming from. And, you know, I mean, I know Slack has done similar things where, you know, they've got an API available, they've got um, an SDK available where you can, you know, build these apps within it. Um, but until it, it, it more sort of gets seamless or streamlined, you know, I've got some challenges with it. Yeah, agreed. And I think their their philosophy has been, if you remember, I think it was a year ago, they said you can pin pretty much anything to the app bar as long as it's an app yeah. register. And I think that was part of their philosophy was, is like, you can have these apps, but to your point, they don't, they're not, the only thing you can pop yeah. out are chats with people. Yeah. Direct chats. Right, right, so, right. I'm sure the engineering teams on this, uh, you know, user voice, if they're whatever they're using for user voice <laughs> these days, right, um, right. <laughs> is probably rife with that, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. And and I mean, you know, I think that, um, you know, as a whole, the the idea that, that they've made some of the bare bones features of Teams available for free, 
um, you know, goes a long way. I think they were actually a little slow to make that happen, especially mm -hmm. in, you know, w with the, you know, significant amount of competition that was out there. And unfortunately, you know, one of the main competitors got a big leg up as a result, right? Because yeah. uh, it took too long to make it free to everybody. Um, yeah. That being said, the amount of monthly active users, you know, from pre-pandemic to, to, you know, current is just insane, right? I mean, yeah. the amount it's of people who are using it daily is insane. Yeah, yep. so. Yeah, I agree with you. Agree with you a thousand percent. Um, any other thing, any bold predictions you, you want to, you want to call, call a shot or anything point to, point to the, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Viva came up um, and, and I think there was a bit of an eye roll in there or a proverbial eye roll in there, um, you know, but at the same time, um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of effort and focus put into, to Viva. Um, you know, the, the idea of it is, fantastic it, it gives you that idea that opportunity to see what's happening throughout your organization um, it centralizes all of the things that you could possibly need from a um, you know a company standpoint um, you know it's kind of a it's 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 a next gen better application of what you know like a SharePoint main site was right or or still is in, in some cases um, and I think you'll see a lot more content come out with that I know that there's going to be a big Push, push from a development standpoint. Um, I think that if, if on, a, on the semi-bold side, um, I'm going to disagree with Dev when it comes to the meta and the mesh stuff. Okay. I don't think, I don't think we're going to see anything crazy happen this year with it. I think it's too immature. Um, I, I think, you know, so I just got finished reading Ready Player 2. I started with Ready Player <laughs> 1, of course, and I just finished reading Ready Player 2. And, and even just the idea of, of what their metaverse is like, um, I mean, we are so, so far away from any of that. And, and I know technology can be fast, but I, I just the, you know, the haptics and everything else, we are just so far from any of that being real. Um, you know, I mean, even, even Oculus, right? It, it's, it, it seems like cool technology I've put on a headset a couple of times, but I mean, you know, with your, controllers or whatever those things are called joysticks or whatever uh, until we can actually have like real haptics um you know I, I think we're still a long ways away personally so dev i see him typing he's buying a ticket to vermont for a throwdown <laughs> <laughs> let's do it let's do it i'm gonna well, see you in the jungle just bobbing your head <laughs> um dev any final bold predictions are you gonna call adobe this year and snake it out from underneath him? <laughs> um i think i made the prediction last year that salesforce was gonna buy zoom because they bought slack Mm -hmm. um, I still think, you know, even though Zoom is, is right for the take, I still, still think Zoom is right for the taking. There's someone, there's somebody, else, I don't know, maybe it's not Salesforce, maybe it's somebody else. I don't know, maybe it's Oracle. I don't know, because they seem to be buying random things. Or, or just maybe they're just a cash cow and they're <laughs> going to sit there and keep milking it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I still think Zoom is going to be bought in some capacity. Or they're going to merge with with somebody because they're it's not a niche product necessarily, but as far as the where everything's headed they're part of a bigger picture when it comes to collaboration and i think it would just be it's too much of an opportunity i feel like for someone to not pass it up and either they maybe they buy somebody mm. or they or somebody buys them that's my that's my bold prediction i think microsoft's gonna get more involved in the ed space and take some of the market share away from chromebooks 
<laughs> we started that. that right we started yeah. that i'm going to be curious to see how that goes um but actually you know to the to the zoom point um you know i, I don't know if you guys watch succession um but season three just wrapped up and you know there's a there's a big focus on sort of the old school media company compared to the new school media company right and so you know when you think about some of these some of these old legacy companies out there the at&t's the verizon's right um you know does an acquisition like that sort of take them to the next generation of you know um whatever you want to call it telephony experience right obviously it's it's no longer telephony by any means right but um you know does that help them come to the sort of the next level besides 5g right um you know so so i i wouldn't be shocked to see something like that happen didn't um, at&t buy blue jeans didn't somebody buy blue jeans some big company or one of verizon. I want to verizon, say verizon. Yeah, verizon but what's happened I, with that honestly yeah i mean i can't <laughs> i can't i mean it's been at least two to three years since anybody's even said we use blue jeans um, I just, I just don't hear it anymore. I don't know if you guys may run into it more. You probably talk to more people, but uh, once a years. year, once yeah. a year, that's yeah. it. And when, yeah. when somebody sends it across, I send a team's meeting and say, Hey, join this instead. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I thought one of you two would have said that Microsoft was going to make an announcement as a bold prediction that they were going to make an announcement that Azure DevOps will be sunset in three years and you need to use GitHub for everything. I thought for sure one of you two was going to throw that out. I'm ITs, ITs. That's never going to happen. All the signals that, that but... we get is it's just not going to, you know, that, that they're going to continue to work on both. I mean, there are still differences in the two, right? Yep. And, um, you know, I, I think that um, where Microsoft has such a, um, they really planted their flag on the hybrid idea, yeah. right? Um, if, if you saw the announcements around SQL 2022, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's more about hybrid. It's more about, okay, you're going to deploy this on-prem and then, oh, by the way, you're going to be able to seamlessly back it up to Azure. And, you know, all, the, all these new things, um, they're all very much centered around we're staying hybrid, we're not changing this. And so um, it, where the feature sets are different, the, um, the I think the general um, intent of the products is still somewhat different. Um, I, I, I just, I, I still think we're a ways off from any kind of consolidation. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and so one of my predictions on my list, one of my last notes I have here is that there is going to be an emphasis on hybrid period in general, across all services, across all, I mean, uh, people get their mind, little minds blown or big minds blown or medium sized minds blown. I said, you know, you can run logic apps in your own data center. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you can. Uh, I, and we see some of this, some of the challenges with the cloud and connectivity in general. Sure. We're, we're expanding connectivity for end users, but we've not done much for the business side. It's pretty much fiber connections between places, right? Um, now, how are we going to get to that next level? Well, maybe we split up our workloads. Microsoft's philosophy a while ago was let's get things to the edge. Let's do stuff computing. Well, that's because we're developing connectivity on the edge faster than we're developing connectivity in the data center with 5G and all this other stuff. Um, so, you know, you know, calling the shot, I think you're going to hear a lot of that hybrid conversation for two reasons. Reason number one, to kind of allay the fears that people not rip their stuff out of the cloud and go right back to their little hidey holes in their dark server rooms with flashing lights and lots of wires. 
um, because that's not the right thing to do. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to satisfy saying, okay, you have some sensitive workloads and you want to control that experience. Well, let's split. You have the ability to bring some of that down to your own data center. Number two, to increase that migration path that has exponentially occurred since the start of the pandemic to keep that, that, that path forward saying, you're not moving to the data center or moving a good majority of your stuff from your data center to Azure because of this unique workload or this, you know, whatever investment you've already made that you need to write off over the next five, seven years. Well, let's put some of it there, some of Azure in there, or some of the logic apps or what have you. So we can, you can get the benefits from there and then you can over time move things. I think you're going to hear that. This is just my opinion. I think you're going to hear a lot of that messaging. Uh, if you don't hear it from other people, you'll hear it from us here every week, Friday, usually around midday, we'll drop a podcast. <laughs> but uh, I think you're going to hear that. Uh, you agree with that, Chris? I mean, you're 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 there. Right? Yeah. You yeah. I mean, you know, so when you when you think about, you know, I mean, let's call it out, right? Uh, Azure Stack, right, allows you to run the Azure environment in your data center on your cruise ship, um, you know, in, in your remote location where you only have Internet you know, once a week or whatever it happens to be. And, and it gives you that Azure environment um, and, and new features are being added all the time to that, you know, to that capability, um, you know, and, and there are still folks out there who feel more comfortable and confident having the hardware in their data center, but they also want to be able to, um, you know, use cutting edge, te cutting edge technology, uh, bring in top level talent and top level talent wants to work on the latest and greatest, you know, and so, you know, I, I think that that's that's very feasible. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, there are going to be holdouts. No matter what we do, there are going to be holdouts um, who want to still continue to buy those servers. And you know, the Dells and HPs and and you know all those folks of the world, they're very thankful for that. You know, <laughs> but um, but you know, I, it's still it's um, you know I, I think that it's it's very likely. Um, you know, and I think uh, hybrid in general. Um, going the other way, being that you're going to start to see more companies, smaller companies start to look at, um, you know, okay, what, what can the cloud do for me? Not as a big bang, but as a, as an incremental step toward, um, you know, adding, adding that hardening or, or that resiliency that we need that we just didn't quite have last year too. So I think it's going to go both ways. Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, gentlemen, uh, I think we're uh, I think we finished off 100 pretty good. Any final comments? Anything else we want to add? Um, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, be safe. I literally just bought my plane ticket to Vermont. Nice. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> yeah. I, well, as you can see, I got darker and darker as the <laughs> as the video went on here. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm not quite at pitch black out there, but it's getting dark quick. So, <laughs> make sure my kids are inside at this point. But uh, uh, yeah, no, no. Looking forward to uh, 2022. Um, looking forward to um, getting a better handle on the pandemic. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that as as we go through time, people understand it more. Uh, fortunately uh you know the cdc or the cdc or who or somebody they just kind of pulled back and said well if you're asymptomatic you don't have to quarantine as long and stuff like that i mean i think that's all good stuff right as opposed to sort of 
um, looking at it and having the same old information, you know, day after day, it's like, okay, we can evolve these things, you know, and, and, and work together to, to make it make sense for people. So, um, you know, looking forward to hopefully pulling out of this thing by the end yep. of the year. The more we learn over time, the more educated we can be, the better prescriptive we can be with our guidance, right? Agreed. When you don't Agreed. know, lock it all down. We know a little bit more, lock it down for a little. The more we know, the better we are, right? right. Uh, right. So I agree with you there. That's a good send off. Dev, any send off you want to have for uh, 21 and into 22? Uh, no, I mean, you know, it's going to be exciting. We're going to do it all over again. We'll be here again next year. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I had, you know, happy new year to everybody. And, uh, I'm excited to see where, where things go. I mean, I think, like I said, we've made a lot of progress over the past two years from a technological standpoint. I'm curious to see where, as we're starting to hopefully exit the pandemic and get back to a somewhat sense of, a, of normalcy, um, as we crawl towards that, you know, I'm curious to see where it goes. So. Yeah, as they say in Southwest Pennsylvania, good Lord willing, and the crooks don't rise. <laughs> that's yeah, actually that's how the only say. place to say it. <laughs> you are correct. Um, yeah, so I just want to take a moment. Uh, you know, we thanked everybody at the top of the hour. Thank you all again. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dev, uh, our families for for putting up with our nonsense. And again, Aspirant, our, our sponsor, uh, we really appreciate you making this uh, possible. Uh, we all also thank, uh, you know, Ari for this past year. Uh, we also want to throw out there one more thing. So this is the video. This is the 100th podcast, but this is the live stream of it. So it's getting there. You can find this on Spotify. I hate pains me to say Apple podcasts. You can find it everywhere. Uh, so please like subscribe, give us comments in LinkedIn. We, we are a very interactive bunch. So please throw out some, some, some notes. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you thought of our, our last uh, hour and a half of ramblings. Uh, we are a very interactive group. Uh, we, we appreciate you as listeners. We appreciate you as viewers and stay tuned because there's a lot of good stuff coming down the line in 22 from the show. And also from MAIT pro, we have a another deck of people teed up to get their insights from a from an executive level and also we're dragging a whole bunch more aspiring people over to that show too now uh, to get our insights there so thank you all very much we appreciate you and uh happy new year we'll see you on the other side thank you everyone yep. have a good one guys happy new year Today's show is brought to you by Aspirant. You aspire, together we achieve. This production is for information and entertainment purposes only. Not all technologies and items discussed are compatible with your system or specific configuration. Your knowledge may vary. Consult a professional before trying anything discussed on this show. Visit show notes for relevant information and links. 